0: Can you guys hear me okay? Can you hear me? Oh, that's really loud. Okay. I'm just going to get myself situated here. First of all, I just want to share a cool story. Who doesn't like public speaking? Yeah, me neither. It's really nerve-wracking. And it was actually funny. I was getting ready and uh, every time I get nervous, I either want to puke everywhere or I really feel like I have to (laughs) Poop. <laughs> and I did, wasn't sure if I should say that, but that's honestly how I feel. I've been sick and nauseous all day long. And right before worship started, my friend Janelle prayed for me. And it's crazy how much better I feel, because I don't have to do either of those things anymore, which is great for me, <laughs> but I think it's also good for you, too. I, I don't know how you feel, but anyways. Uh, so we're in this series, Mission and Calling, I Was Made For, What Are We Made For?, And uh, this is what we're speaking on for the next uh, two weeks, if you weren't here last week. And uh, now those are two very intimidating words to hear, mission and calling. What is our calling? What is our life purpose? What are we made for? What is our deepest, deepest purpose in our life? Let's watch this series video. that my deepest purpose in life was to grow up, have long, pretty hair, nice clothes, and to be a princess, of course. And Cinderella was my chosen princess. I wanted to grow up and be just like her, and I thought that was my purpose in life because we look so much alike, as you can see. And I sincerely thought that I was that's what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to have a wand. I was supposed to have a star wand and wave it around and tell my all my little animal friends what to do all the time. And I know it seems silly and crazy and absurd now, but if you were to tell me that when I was five years old, I would tell you that you are crazy, and that is what I'm going to be when I grow up. And of course, on the other hand, we have my husband, for example. (laughs) Pretty cute. He thought that his sole purpose in life was to play side by side with Michael Jordan for the Chicago Bulls. Now, of course, an eight year old boy would think that his deepest purpose in life is to play basketball all day long, every day, for the rest of his life. But that's not what he does now, just so you know. So, I just want to tell you a little, about, a little bit more about my life. That's okay. I'm 22 years old. I'm married to a handsome man at the back there, Matt Boyce, who, like I said, is definitely not an NBA player. And as you know, I'm a vertical leader, and I have been for quite a few years now. And most of you probably knew most of those things, but what you probably didn't know is that my mom got pregnant with me when she was 15, and gave birth to me when she was 16, 16 years old. She was actually in the hospital still on her birthday because she had delivered me three days prior, which is pretty crazy to think about when I look around the room and most of you here are 15 or 16 years old. So that's my mom and me. I was all right looking. And uh, I was raised mostly by my grandparents because my mom was so young when she had me. And because my mom was so young, you can only imagine how much having a baby just completely flipped her life upside down. And now I love my grandparents so much, and I'm so thankful for them. But when I was a baby, they made a decision that would affect the rest of my life. And when they made it, they didn't even realize it. You see, they had me, their granddaughter, and my mom, their daughter, and they wanted to do what was best for the both of us. But what happens when you become a mother at such a young age? I mean, 15 or 16 years old, that's really young. And what normally happens is one of two things. You either grow up really, really fast because you don't have a choice. You're a mom now. Or you don't grow up at all, which is normally what happens. And my grandparents decided to take the responsibility of being my guardians. So they had full parental rights. I was practically theirs. And they did this so that I would be better taken care of. And my mom could go on living her life as a normal teenager, didn't have to deal with the responsibility of a baby because it's definitely not what she wanted. I wasn't exactly planned. And this choice, unfortunately, ended up making my mom fall into the category of, you don't grow up at all, because she didn't have the responsibility. She didn't have to do anything because my grandparents looked at it as they loved me so much, they want to do what's best for me, and didn't really consider or think about the other side of things. And because my mom, you know, kind of got out of being a mom, she never took on the responsibility of being there for me in the way that your mom should. Now, that's really tough when you're little, because you can see me, and we look really happy, and, you know, we, we were. We had, we had a lot of fun. But when you're a little girl, every little girl wants to be with her mom 24-7 and wear her dresses and her makeup and do everything, but that's really hard when your mom doesn't want anything to do with you. So there's me, who just wanted my mom all the time, and then there's my mom, who's a teenager much like yourselves, who just didn't have the time, didn't have the passion or the desire to be any sort of mom, which kind of sucks in the end. And I didn't really take on this emotionally until I was 15 years old, and the whole scenario of my mom leaving me and really not wanting anything to do with me kind of happened all over again. Because as I got older, um, because my grandparents had taken guardianship over me, I went back and forth. I lived with my mom, and then I lived with my grandparents, and I lived with my mom, and I lived with my grandparents. And this happened throughout my entire life. There's not a time I remember in my life where I wasn't going back and forth from houses. It's like they had, it's like, you know, my mom was my mom, and then my grandparents were like my dad, and it was like going back and forth. It was just, it was nuts, and that was my entire childhood. I never had one bedroom or, you know, one space. That was always mine. I always had to switch between two. And When I was 15 years old, I had actually been living with my mom for about two years at that point. And the summer before grade 10, I went on vacation. And when I got home from vacation, my grandparents picked me up from the airport and we drove to my house. Literally, like, I have all my stuff and I'm walking in the house and I go in there and there's just nothing. A house with nothing in it. My room was packed. The kitchen was empty like not even a picture on the wall and my mom was nowhere to be found like literally she's just you walk in the house and there was nothing in there and I thought I was coming home to a home to my room to my mom to my family and there was no one and from that point you know I went back to my grandparents house and we just kind of hung out for a little bit and then they told me like okay you're gonna stay with us for a little while you're gonna stay with us for the weekend your mom just needs to figure some things out, and then after the weekend, you're going to go back and live with her. Long story short, my mom never came back. She, um, she just didn't. She left, and that whole scenario of like going back and forth from my mom to my grandparents ended with staying at my grandparents'. There was no back and forth anymore. And my whole life, when it comes to my mom, Honestly, all I've been faced with is a lot of brokenness, betrayal, and disappointment. And then there's my dad. And I don't have a picture because when I was little, I was told that my dad didn't know about me. That he had absolutely no idea that I even existed. This is because my mom had actually told everyone that when she was 15 and when they were in a relationship that my dad had raped her. This made my entire family want absolutely nothing to do with him. And I'm sure you can understand why. Now, this was an absolute lie. This was not the truth whatsoever. But because of what my mom had said, my dad had never met me when I was a baby, never even saw me. And I met my dad for the first time when I was 15 years old. I had gone so long, so long without knowing who my dad was, and I actually got to the point where I was so fed up not knowing him. I didn't even know what he looked like. Every Father's Day, every Christmas, you know, you get you celebrate Father's Day, you celebrate Christmas and you buy your dad ties or or suits if you're just really rich like that when you're 5 years old. And you celebrate all these little things and every Father's Day I was like, I don't have a dad. Like, I don't go by ties, I don't know what he looks like, I didn't even know his name for a long time. And it's like, every that whole half of you is just, you feel broken, you feel lost. There's a whole part of me that I didn't even know where to even look for it, and it was horrible. So I got to the point where I was extremely fed up, and I was 15 years old. And I packed my bags, and I flew across the country, and I told my dad that he had a daughter. And it's crazy, I know it's crazy, And it was one of the most important decisions I've ever made because a lot of you are 15 right now. Imagine going your whole life, and some of you have, not knowing who your father is. You know, you have a mom, and you have aunts and uncles and cousins, and that's great. But you don't have a dad. And that was really hard. So I decided, like, no, I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going to find my dad. I'm going to do this. I'm going to look for him. I'm going to figure out who he is, where he lives. And I'm going to tell him that he has a daughter because hopefully he wants a daughter because I want a dad. And I was all excited and I'm, and I'm nervous and I'm on the plane and I'm arriving in Ontario and feeling much like I was earlier with all the emotions flowing inside and freaking out. And I'm extremely glad I did it because it was one, it was one of the most important decisions I've ever made in my life. But it was also one of the most painful. Because I was told that my dad didn't know about me. And I was told that the reason that my dad had never tried to contact me was because he didn't know he had a daughter that he could even contact. And when I met him, I found out that he and his family had known about me the whole time. He just didn't care. So again, well, I don't have a picture. And again, when it comes to my dad, all I've been faced with is nothing but brokenness, betrayal, and disappointment. And after that happened with my dad, all the emotions from my childhood, all the emotions from my mom just came flooding back. And I spent a good two years after that feeling nothing but pain, frustration, and abandonment. And the worst part is, I felt these things from the two people who were supposed to love me the most, the two people in the world that were supposed to care about me the most. pain, frustration, and abandonment. And I know these aren't just words from my life. They're words from our lives. And these words, they they stick to us, and they make us feel like we're chained down and we're limited from becoming what we could be. But if God's purpose really is redemption, most of us are sitting here thinking, then what am I, what am I, small me, What am I to do with all this pain, corruption, deceit, hate, and evil in this world? Because the truth is, we've all experienced betrayal. We've all experienced lying, deception, or abandonment in one way or another. And we've all felt beat up and kicked down. And we've all wondered, is this it? Like, is there any possibility that there's something better? Anything at all? Because I know when I was 15, I thought that there's nothing worth it in this world. That there's just nothing better than this, that I'm stuck in this hole that I've been placed in and I'm not going to be able to get out because there's nothing that I can do about it because I'm not strong enough. When I was 17, I gave my life to God. And even though I was still going through all my life crap, God showed me to see how my experiences could be shown as living evidence of His mercy and His grace. You see, we live in a world where most of the people around us live in a life that God did not intend them to have. And when I say that God did not intend them to have, I mean that most of the people to your left and most of the people to your right are living in a world where people lie, cheat to get ahead, where fathers leave their wives and children, and where oppressors get a recognition, and where abuse seems to be constantly overlooked. But what if I told you That God wants to turn your life, your life, into something beautiful. So that he can take your pain, your frustration, and your abandonment and turn them into something amazing for not just your life, but everyone around you. That pain, frustration, and abandonment does not scare him. And what if I told you that God has a plan and a calling for your life, no matter who you are, no matter where you've come from or no matter what you've done. Because this is really exciting. Because God has shown me that it doesn't matter who I am, where I've come from, or what I've done in my life, that I'm worth it. And, like, I can make a difference, and I can change my life for the better if I want to. Because God shows us the same love and care that he shows his people of Israel. And in the Bible, we see story after story where he showed... (coughs) <coughs> Pardon me. Story after story of God entering ugly situations and bringing redemption and wholeness in life. One of the places we see this is in Psalm 96. And we've already read that today, but we would like to read it again. Sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord, praise his name. Each day proclaim the good news that he saves. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things he does. Great is the Lord. He is the most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. The gods of other nations are mere idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty surround him. Strength and beauty fill his sanctuary. Because bringing glory to God is not the selfish act of making you know, the big man up in the heavens feel important. It's about revealing the truth and the beauty of the only one who can help us, the only one who can redeem us and who can bring life and wholeness to the universe. God's deepest purpose for your life is to bring glory to him, bringing glory to the lifelight of the universe through our life, through what we do, and through who we are. It's what we are made for. Because when we do this, God allows the life, our lifelight, to be transformational to others. Because when we do this, that's when glory is brought to God and that's when people are saved. One of the places we see Jesus talk about this is in Matthew 5.14 when he talks about God's deepest purpose for the children of him. You... You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your Heavenly Father. Because Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Now, I want you to actually picture this. Imagine Paris on top of Sugarloaf Mountain. Now, there's no, there's absolutely no way. Do you, do you, most of you know where Sugarloaf Mountain is? Yeah? Okay, Sugarloaf Mountain is actually, that's a real picture. It's a tiny little mountain, like a little hill, um, by Departure Bay. And imagine Paris, the city of lights, on top of Sugar Mountain, Sugarloaf Mountain. And if you're driving by, this is you driving. Actually, this is probably driving. You're driving by Sugarloaf Mountain. There is no way that you're going to be like, whoa, dude. Check out those trees. That's that's a really sweet rock. No, like you're not going to do that. That's ridiculous. You would be driving by Sugarloaf Mountain and be like, holy crap, there's the City of Lights. And Paris is called the City of Lights. And that is what God is saying. He redeemed our lives so that we would become a life that people can see and a life that people could recognize the beauty of God. So that instead of pain, frustration, and abandonment, people will see hope. Redemption and life. Because God's heart is freedom. God's heart for us is to live in a world where honesty is a priority, where marriage and family are truly important and where rights are acknowledged and where offenders are prosecuted. Because God's heart and deepest purpose for us is to take a stand, to be the light that represents all that he stands for and wants for not only you, but what he wants for this world. In this scripture, God is showing us that it's more than just what we believe or what we say. Because the thing is, living out our call as Christians is more than just calling yourself a Christian. It's allowing God to enter and redeem our brokenness so that our lives will captivate others, captivate everyone around us, and bring glory to him. So how do you get this? How do you receive this for your life? Because you want this. I know you want this because I remember sitting in those exact pews when I was 15, 16, and 17 years old, thinking, I want something better. I don't want the life that I have, but I don't know how to get it. I don't know how to change my circumstance and have something other than what I have. But I can tell you, you surrender everything. You surrender all of you. Everything that you are, You surrender it to God. The Bible calls this act worship. Because you see, I didn't do anything to deserve the pain that I suffered. But I could choose to be angry and bitter. I could choose to let the anger build up inside me, among other things. Or I could choose to worship and let God use my life, my circumstances, and my experiences to glorify him. I could never, ever in a million years, if you paid me a million dollars and gave me a puppy, which I already have, relive those years of my life. They were the most horrid, awful years of my life, and I actually wish that I could block them out, but they're actually so painful that I can't. But I am blessed because by submitting to the purpose that God had in my life, that allowed God to take my reality of deception, bitterness, frustration, and turn it into a testimony of his love and his redemption. God was able to take my life and bring me into the life that he intended for me, which included true humanity, love, honesty, and family. And these aren't just things that God wanted for me. These are things that God wants for you. But... The big question is, are you brave enough? Are you brave enough to answer the calling that God has on your life? Are you brave enough to let God come in to the deepest, darkest parts of your life and let him heal you? Let him heal you of all your pain so that the light that he has already placed in you could be shown to others. Are you brave enough to be the city of lights that God has called you to be? A lot of people would say no, because it's just too hard. Because it's just too painful. Because why would I want to let God into the deepest, darkest parts of my life? Because that means I have to relive the deepest, darkest parts of my life. But we we do this because when we let God in, when we let God come into our life and heal us of everything and anything that we've gone through, that is when creation is in balance. That's when justice justice will triumph over evil and when redemption truly takes place. But because when we let God into our lives, that is when he can actually use our lives to glorify him. He can use our experiences, but he can't do that unless we let him in. Because even though we live in a world filled with abandonment, gossip, fraud, cheating, disloyalty, and unfaithfulness, people will actually be able to look at your life, no matter what you've gone through, no matter how you felt, people will be able to look at your life and say, wow, God is beautiful. Because when we live like this, we escape from the reality that the world is caught in and we enter into the life that God intended for each and every one of us. Because that's what we are made for. It's what we are all made for. I want to challenge you. What God had for me wasn't just for me. Redemption just wasn't something for me in my life. God wasn't just there to take away my pain and my abandonment. He's here to take away yours. He's here to take away everything that you've ever been through that you don't want to go through anymore. And he's here to set you free, not only for yourself, but the things that you've gone through. God can change that. God can make you, he can make your life absolutely stunning. Just like the city of lights. It's truly what we're made for before we end, Pastor Ryan is going to come up and he's going to pray for you tonight. But I do want to challenge you and I do want to encourage you that this was one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do in my life. But it was truly the best decision I've ever made to.
1: Thank you so much, Kirsten, just for sharing your heart. And don't go too far. Um, here's what I'd like to do is, could I just invite um, Robert and Megan, would you guys mind just just to come back and and uh, <clears throat> maybe you could just play a little bit and be ready to kind of lead us into worship. Um, could we stand together? I just, you know, I, it was so clear. I mean, when, when Kirsten and I were just talking about some of this stuff, like I just, I mean, sitting here listening to this the same way that you are and just knowing that, you know, God is is so speaking through her and trying to get through to our hearts. And so um, what I'd like to do is this, is, you know, Robert and Megan are just going to, they're going to play for, for just a minute. And I want to do three things that are going to happen very quickly. So, first thing is, I, I just want to pray for you. And then the second thing is, as is our tradition, I would love to just give you a blessing. But I'm going to tell you right now what the blessing is going to be. I'm going to, if you're wanting to receive it, I want to give you the blessing that says that my heart's going to be brave enough to come to God to let Him bring wholeness and healing into it. And I mean, I can give you that blessing, but it's going to be the blessing that's like, am I going to take a hold of this and, and do it now? And so what I was going to ask is, is you, you heard a little bit of Kirsten's story tonight, and so I'm going to ask that, uh, Kirsten, maybe you and and Matt can come and just kind of sit on the front pew or stand by the, fr- by the front pew over here. Is that okay? And, and then over here, you know, Pastor Chantel's over here, and maybe I can get Sean and Amy to, I see you guys right there, or uh, Andrew or but it doesn't matter if you guys want to come and just kind of stand by this front pew over here and and basically I want to pray for you I want to give you a blessing but then as soon as that's done Robert's just going to lead us into worship and during that last sort of bit of worship time if if you just be honest and say what she's talking about that's exactly what I need in my life It's exactly what I need God to do in my life then I would just invite you at that moment to be courageous and to come and to ask somebody just say will you just pray for me maybe you want to open your heart to what God wants to do but it's just like how do I even do that well it just begins with just saying okay here we go God I'm saying it I'm praying I'm giving you permission come and do that and I want to make it really easy and just to just to kind of make it simple, maybe, could you guys, uh, I know you're sitting on the stage right now, but could you literally just go and just just kind of stand in front of the pew, like literally as if you could sit on the pew, I don't even want you to be in the spotlight or anything, let's just, you know, perfect, that way if you need someone to pray with you, you can just go to these front pews and someone will be there to pray with you, awesome. Father, I pray for every person in this room, Jesus, I just know that you you put this message together in Pearson's heart because there's people who needed to hear it, and so God, I just pray that tonight, it would just be the beginning of something beautiful. Lord, of just seeing just pain and disappointment and rejection, loneliness, and all of those things, Lord, just to see those things begin to crumble. Thank God that out of the ashes of our lives, real worship would rise to you. In Jesus' name we pray. I'd like to give you a blessing, as I I said I would. This is sort of just our tradition. If you're new here, it's kind of something crazy we do, but it's a pretty ancient thing I was just telling people that in ancient times what would happen is when a person wanted to bless another person he would raise his hands like this and then a person who wanted to receive that blessing would do the same so if you'd like to receive a blessing from God I would just invite you just to raise your hands in the air I would love to give one to you may your heart be courageous so that you would always come to God with your deepest pain May your heart be trusting that you would be able to open your life to people who are trustworthy. And may your story be wonderful because the grace of God is unleashed in it. Amen. Robert's going to lead us in worship and I'm going to come up and dismiss you and let you go in just a second. But as he's leading in worship, if you'd like prayer, I'd love for you to come and have Kirsten.